all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Amen. Just remain standing. We were here earlier today. I just want to give you one scripture we didn't go to earlier today. Numbers 14. Numbers uh, 14. Hallelujah. And uh, verse number 34. When you have it, say, I have it. Now, this is where we left off today. Numbers 14, 34. It says... According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days for each day, you shall bear the guilt one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know, my New King James says rejection, Uh, Old King James says you shall know the breach of the promise. Now look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, my tongue has to stop breaching the promise. Now let's make this confession. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. That's it right there. Say, in the name of Jesus, I command my tongue to line up with the word of God. And I confess that anything that is not like God can't come out of my mouth. I dare you to shout if you believe what you just confessed. Say, by faith. I declare that my tongue is breach-proof. Say, there is no enemy in between where I desire to be and where I am except my tongue. And I declare my tongue won't stop me. Now, if you believe that, give God all praise where you are. I say, give God praise where you are. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Just look at your neighbor and say, part two. Part two. Part two. Hallelujah. Now, watch this. Uh, Say, Bishop, what does confession do? Uh, Now, watch this. I want you to go to Genesis 17. Genesis 17. I'm picking up right where I was from this morning. Genesis chapter number 17. Genesis chapter number 17. We left off by talking about the fact that your confession can cause a breach in the spirit, which means it can breach the covenant. Are you still here? Now, which means God says, I can, I can plan stuff for you. I can purpose stuff for you. I can do all of that. But if you breach my covenant with your tongue, then you won't eat it. You won't see it manifested in your life. And please understand, there's a lot of us that are sitting and stuff and going through situations and all this kind of thing. And we're saying, God, why am I in the midst of this situation? And the reason that you're in the midst of it is because your tongue has been writing checks that your life hasn't had the ability to cash. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, Now, in all of that, where'd you go? Genesis 17. Now, I want you to look at this. I want you to look at verse 1. Say, what does confession do for me? Now, remember, we talked about homo legeo in the sense that I am agreeing with God, which means I'm not just saying my own thing. I'm agreeing with what God has said. Are you understanding me? Now, watch this. Uh, There, you know the story of Abram. Abram is where we in the renewed covenant enjoy the benefits of our covenant. There were seven major covenants made in Scripture, uh, and in those seven seven covenants, one was the Abrahamic covenant. Say Abrahamic. 
Now, that is where we as believers today, Galatians teaches us that we are now the seed of Abraham, which means the covenant that we have, we partake in that same covenant that God made with Abraham. Are you still here? Now, the covenant God made was in Genesis 12. He says, I will bless you that you can be a what? A blessing. That's why we understand with a kingdom mindset, we're not trying to get blessings. We're not trying to get blessed. We are already blessed, and we are already blessed in order that we might be the blessing. Look at somebody say, you're not trying to get something you already have. Now, now watch that. In this understanding, the Abrahamic covenant, God says, I'll bless you to be a blessing, and I'll curse those that curse you, and I'll bless those that bless you. Which means, in other words, God says, you ain't got to worry about all your haters and all the folk that don't like you and want to talk about you. God says, because I got them. Look at somebody say, he got them. So I'm not worried about folk that want to say stuff and want to backbite, want to complain and all that because that is totally irrelevant because God says he's going to bless those that bless me, but he's going to take care of the ones that run their mouth against me. That is the reason why God says, don't you worry about your enemies trying to get even and fight them back. He says, listen, you ought to pray for your enemies because God says, if you don't pray for them, I might get so mad I'll kill them. Or read your Bible. Every time people stood up as opposition against the people of God, God says, listen, what you don't understand is you're not just messing with them. You're messing with me. You're not hearing what I'm saying. If your enemies only knew who they were really messing with when they were messing with you, they're not just messing with some chump change and some loser. They are messing with a child of the king. And when you mess with his kids, you might make him mad. Now watch this, Genesis 17, God makes this covenant with Abram, man, he makes this covenant, and he says, listen, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to empower you, the word bless means empower to prosper, I'm going to make you do well, and I'm going to make you whole. God says, I'm going to do all of that, and please understand, the only thing you got to do is just position yourself, touch somebody and say, position yourself. Uh, the wonderful thing about being in God is that I don't have to fight my own battles. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I don't have to fight my own battles. I just got to position myself, and I just got to make sure that I'm covered. And that's the problem with most folk in the body of Christ. They're doing stuff, and they're uncovered. And uncovered people are susceptible. Please understand, if you didn't have any skin, you'd be completely susceptible to all of the diseases and all this kind of stuff that's going on through the air. You being covered is just important as you being able to pray. It's just as important as you being able to praise because if you are uncovered, God says that when the enemy comes against you, he'll say, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but who in the heaven are you? Are you still here? Now watch this. God says, Abram, all you got to do is obey. Shout obey. obey. Now we talk a lot about obeying the body of Christ. The truth is it's, it's, it's not as easy as we make it seem. Because God will always tell you to obey and he'll only give you a partial instruction so it makes it difficult to obey. Abram, go to a land, I'm going to show you. Where are we going? You'll know when we get there. No road map. No, 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 no GPS. He didn't have a little lady talking back to him in his car. He says, you just got to go where it is I'm sending you. Was I'm going to have some family there? No, that's your problem in the first place. You keep trying to bring folk that ain't supposed to go with you on your journey. And you keep trying to bring Pookie and Rayway and everybody else on you with your journey. And you wonder why you can't hear from God. God stopped speaking to Lot uh, to Abram until he got rid of Lot. That was his nephew. You got, you got, there's some family folk you got around you that are messing you up. Because every time you make a decision to obey, they come in your ear. Well, you know. Well, well you, you know what happened. You know our family. You know how we do. That's the problem. Somebody needs to make a decision that I've, enough is enough, and I've had enough of this dysfunction. I've had enough of this generational curse. I'm coming up out of this mess, and if you won't be the curse breaker, fine. I'll be the curse breaker. So God says to Abram, are you still here? God says to Abram, he says to him, listen, I, I made this covenant with you, but watch Genesis 17 verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, now 24 years have passed since God made the covenant with him, and he said, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Now, that doesn't mean perfect. A lot of church folk want you, God wants you to be perfect. And that's what's messed up with, with, with folk because folks say, well, I'll come to church when I get right. Well, then you just might as well just forget even coming. You do not get right so you can come to church. You come to church so that God can radically transform your life. And many times when it seems like your life is being turned upside down, God says, I'm really just fixing it and turning it right side up. Are you still here? Because y'all ain't saying nothing. Now watch this, Genesis 17, verse 2, he says, And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Now, 
since you're the seed of Abraham, whatever he said to Abraham, he's saying to you. So this is you. So you put your name in here. And I will make my covenant between me and, say your name, and will multiply, say your name, exceedingly. God says, I'm not into addition. I'm into multiplication. So if stuff's just getting added to you, you're on the wrong plan. You must have got stuck on that church plan. You need to come up and upgrade to the kingdom plan. Now watch this. He says, verse 3, then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, now in Hebrew, whenever one falls on their face, that means he postured himself in worship. He says, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. Watch verse 5. No longer shall ye be called Abram, but your name shall be called what? For I have what? Now, now, now watch this. Now remember, you're the seed of Abraham. So whenever he's speaking to Abraham or Abram, he's speaking to what? Speaking to you. Now watch this. The importance and the significance of this is, is, is very crucial. Because watch this. Your name, whether you know it or not, every time somebody calls your name, they're doing more than just saying your name. They are speaking to you whatever it is your name means. That's why parents, quit naming your kids after stuff you don't know what it means. Please, y'all just say it, man, and I won't have to work that. Because I will work it like a part-time job if y'all don't say something to me. You got names you can't even pronounce how to say it. You got all kind of Q's and U's and W's and Z's and stuff going together. Ain't got no business being together. Watch this. That's important because every time somebody says your name, they are calling into existence and confessing what your name means. So that's why Jabez, a few years ago, the big trend was everybody's praying the prayer of Jabez. Oh, Lord. Why? Because Jabez's name meant pain. Now, his mama had to, you know, be going through some things to name her son pain, especially being a Hebrew woman. She knew that whatever she named her son, she was speaking to his prophetic destiny. That's why I encourage you, if you do not know what your name means, you are doing yourself a disservice because every time somebody calls your name, they're not saying your name, they're calling something into existence. Now watch the significance of this. Say, Bishop, what does confession do? God changed Abram's name so that every time somebody confessed his name, they were confessing the promise. You, you, that just went right over your neighbor's head. God said, I'm changing your name because I don't need you to be stuck in a realm called Abram. I need you to be elevated to a realm called Abraham. Now, Bishop, what's the significance of that? The significance of the H is where we insert uh, the sound or Yahweh. Which means it's no longer Abram. It is Abram in covenant with Yahweh. Or in English, we call him Jehovah. So when God changed his name, he said, you are no longer just a mere man. You are a man that is in covenant with me. So watch this. Since you and Sarah can't seem to believe me. And the reason you cannot believe me is because you got stuck in all of this stuff that you see going on around you. And I don't know how we're going to have no kids. And, you know, me and Abram, you know, we ain't seen each other. You know, we just, you know. He just put me in the door and leaves. The Bible says Abram was dead. Let me help you understand what that means. That means, look, they didn't have Viagra in them days. That's just what the Bible means. The Bible says he was dead. Wasn't nothing going on. I don't care how much Isaac brothers you play, wasn't nothing going on for Abram and Sarah. Are you still here? Now watch this. They had a problem believing the promise. Just like you and I sometimes have problems believing the promise. That's why God doesn't tell you the whole thing. Because it will mess you up. If God told you everything that it is you're supposed to accomplish in earth, you'd be scared as heaven. I'm being polite because we got new, new people. I don't want to scare them. I want to scare them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, say God... Change his name. Now, 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 I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Go, go, to verse, uh, go to verse 15. He didn't stop there. It says, then God said to Abraham, his name is different now, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but what? Sarah shall be her name. Now, now again, 
The significance is very simple. You see it in the etymology of the word. You, you see the significance of the H. Say the H factor. That means I have a covenant now. Now watch this. It was not until God changed their names were they able to have the child. Now he said, Bishop, they had Ishmael. The problem is when you try to get ahead of God, you'll get an Ishmael rather than an Isaac. Bishop, Bishop, what do you mean get ahead of God? When you get out there talking about I'm going to do this and me and me, that, that wasn't the covenant. The covenant was I will make your name great. I will bless you. Not you will do it for yourself. Somebody shout, he will. So if he will, then God says, all I need you to do is just be what? In position. So God says, since y'all don't believe, I got a way to trick you. I'm going to change your name so that every time you look at your wife and say, good morning, you say, good morning, promise. Y'all are like, they shouting in Atlanta online. I can hear them. They texting and tweeting. What's it? He, he, he said, Every time, Sarah, you wake up and say, baby, I got breakfast ready for you. you good morning, promise. There's some breakfast downstairs for you, promise. And I put a little vitamin B in there for you, promise. Need some strength. Look at your neighbor say, promise. Now, watch this. You say, Bishop, but, but my name's not changed. Watch this. When God sh begins to shake your life, he does that so that he can bring forth a promise. Because what you don't understand is in the spirit, he changes your name. You, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Because God, your words are what? Spirit. Now, what, what, what says, God says, whenever it is you go through a great storm in your life, somebody walks out on you, somebody cheats on you, somebody does you wrong. Somebody, says, whenever that happens, what you didn't see me doing behind the scenes was going on your birth certificate. And making a change to your name. Bishop proved that everybody great God changed their name before he manifested the promise. Joshua's name was not Joshua until he met his spiritual daddy called Moses. And he changed his name from Hoshea to Joshua. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Paul's name was originally Saul or Shaul in the Hebrew until God changed his name. Everything, anybody, times God wants to do something right and something good, he changes their name. Look at somebody and say, you don't know you had a name change. You, you, you didn't know that? He changed Jacob's name. He says, Jacob, your current name is insufficient. The current man that you are is insufficient for the man that I desire for you to be. Therefore, the only way for me to get you there is to make you start confessing it and not know what you're confessing. Look at your neighbor say, promise. promise. Now, all right, watch this. Uh, uh, go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Are y'all in here tonight? Yes. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. I want you to go to verse number 20. When you get it, say, I got it. Psalm 107, 20. Shout out, my name is Promise. My name is promise. I said, shout it. My name is promise. Now watch it, Psalm 107, 20. Watch this, he says, he sent his what? Word. And did what? Heal them. And what? Delivered them from their destructions. Watch this, that's powerful because God says, when I want to fix a situation, I send words. I speak words. Are, are, are you hearing me? God, watch this, God didn't create medicine, he spoke words. Bishop, what are you trying to say? God says, my words are powerful enough to heal. I, I, I need you to get this, I need you to get this. My words are powerful enough to heal. Well, Bishop, how do I know that? Because I know words are powerful enough to kill. Some of you sitting up in here right now and you're wounded because of some words somebody said to you. And you're mad at the world and you're mad at every man and you're mad at every woman because of some words somebody said. And you're still mad at Big Mama. She's been gone for 40 years, but you're still mad at her because of the words she said. So if words have the propensity to heal, by deductive logic, they also have the propensity to kill. Which would mean John 10.10, 10, they also have the propensity to steal 
and they also have the propensity to destroy. Because when Jesus said, I am come that you might have life, but the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. He was not talking about the devil. You want to know what the thief is? Look at your name. Bishop, what do you mean by that? If the confession they speak concerning you is not what God says about you, as Malcolm said, you got hoodwinked, bamboozle. You getting this? Now, say God sent his word to heal. Now, here's what that means literally in the scripture. It's talking about the fact in John chapter 1, the gospel of John, where God sent himself wrapped in a flesh suit, and that is the word. Jesus, the Christ, is the word incarnate. You got it? Now watch this. That's why when he spoke, stuff happened. Because I told you this morning, he was what? Full of himself. But, but what does that mean for you and I? We were full of what he said. You, 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 you know the problem with most saints? Is we full of stuff. We just got to make sure what we're full of is what he said. Because if I'm full of anything other than what he said, then I'm going to have a problem. It's going to be some smoke. And he said, are you still here? Now, I, I, I say, why is my confession so important? Go to 1 Peter 4. Go to 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Y'all with me? Because right. tonight what we're going to do is, is we're going to fix all the stuff that your words have been messing up. And we're going to fix it in the spirit. Now remember, remember the premise of all of this is you are a king and a priest. So what you speak, what you say, what you declare is what manifests in your life. You hear what I'm saying? So we can't be mad at nobody. Got it? First Peter 4.11. Ready? I want you to read it aloud. Ready? Read. Stop. Now, that, now that's important. He says, if anyone does what? Speak. Let him speak like he's the oracle of God. Watch this. Let him speak as if he's speaking for God. Am I speaking in, do you not speak in the English? God says, when you speak, speak as if you're speaking for God. Amen. Bishop, what do you mean? You better read your Bible. Amen. Psalm 8 says, he has made us a little lower than what? The angels is what King James says. That's not what the original said. It's right in there. He made us a little lower than Elohim himself. Which means when I speak in the spirit, since it's not me that lives, but now him that lives in me, when I speak, it's just as if God himself is speaking. So Peter tells you, when you speak, speak as if you're speaking for God. So now that makes you, uh, now take a look at what your confession is. Because if I'm confessing something, am I saying what he'd say? Or am I saying what I've heard my whole life, which has brought me the dysfunction I have currently? So read it again. Ready, read. Now watch this. Oracles is powerful because oracles had a dual meaning there. It meant one that spoke as a prophet. What a prophet does is speaks to God on behalf of the people. Consequently, in the Old Testament or what we call the Tanakh, when a priest came, a priest went to God on behalf of the people. The prophet went to the people on behalf of God. Are you still here? Now, God says, when you talk, talk as if you're talking for God. See, that's, that, that's, that's your role as an ambassador. That's why the scripture says we've been given the ministry of reconciliation as ambassadors for Christ. Now, and I want you to see something here real quick. Go to Exodus 7. I want you to see this real quick. Okay, I gave you the scriptures and stuff so you can take it home and look at it and see it for yourself. Because when you stand it up in front of God, you can't swear by bishop's words. Amen. Well, in the name of Jesus, bishop told me. No, you got to swear by the, the word. Are you here? Where did you go? Exodus 7. I want you to see something. Now, if you don't shout off of this, um, 
you need to come get saved. And that's okay, because this is a church and we like saving folk. Amen. Now, Exodus 7, verse 1. I want you to read it for yourself. Ready? Read. Stop. The Lord said, but look what he says. See. Now, remember what I tell you before we end it. Your words make what? Pictures. And the pictures that your, word, that your words make are your what? Future. So the Lord says to Moses, but he says, see. Let me help you understand something. Whenever God shows you something, what he's trying to do is to get you to articulate what it is he showed you. And so that's what the Bible says, and I'll pour my spirit out in your daughters and sons and visions and all that. God says, I'm doing all of that because I want to show you something, but I need you to see what it is or say what it is that you see. Are you hearing this? So that's why God will wake you up in the middle of the night with a dream that will say, Woo, God, good God, I don't know how I'm supposed to do that. Because he wants you to begin to confess what it is that you see. So look what he says. See, go ahead. Stop. Now see, okay, all right, so let's get everybody saved. Everybody lift your hands because obviously this is unsaved people. <laughs> that's okay. Now read it again. Ready, read. See. Stop. I don't, I don't, okay. All right. All right. Read it again. I know y'all just tired. So I'm going to come down here. Y'all all right. Now read the verse. See, I have made you as God's Pharaoh. Read the verse. Read it. You, you know why your neighbor took him so long to get it? Because they don't understand what Pharaoh represents. Pharaoh represents any enemy that opposes your progress. God says when you stand up to your enemy, the reason your enemy has a problem with you is not because of you. It's because your enemy thinks you're me. God says, I've made you. Well, and notice the capitalization of God. Now, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You are not he, but he be in we. Therefore, he be we. Your enemy, when you speak, it thinks you're him. And so that's when you confess that your enemy is greater than him, it becomes greater than him. Because it was just obeying what you said. All right. Okay. Ain't God all right. Let me just. Won't he do it? Won't he make a way? Y'all ain't praying with me. Now, this is powerful. If any man speaks, let him speak as the what? Oracle of God. I'm going to tell you, you ain't got to be 50, 60, 70 for this to work. You, you can be, that's teenagers in here tonight. You, you can be 12 years old and watch this work. You can be 8 years old and watch this work. Are you hearing me? Now, now watch this. Uh, go, go, to, go to John 3. Go to John 3. Go to John 3. Ah, uh, hallelujah. Now, remember I asked you the question, why is your confession so important? Now, we, we understand death and life are in the power of your. We understand that when you speak, you are to speak as an oracle of God. 
as God's representative. That means the environment obeys you. Let me say it again. The environment obeys you. If you're dissatisfied with what's going on in your house and what's going on in your job, it's, it's, it's because you haven't interrupted it. Your, your, your words, the first thing your words are is their spirit, but the second thing they are is sound. You can always hear a thing coming before you see it manifest. You'll hear a plane and it's miles away, you, 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 you'll, but you'll hear it and you'll know that it's coming because of the sound that it made. So when your words make a sound, you are interrupting the status quo and you're interrupting the current frequency of sound and introducing a new sound. Somebody say new sound. sound. Uh, That is why it is so important that you understand the importance of what you say. Because I'm interrupting and I'm interjecting something into the atmosphere. Are you here? All right, now, watch this. Where did they go? Verse 34. Now, now watch this, because in the church, we talk a lot about the next level, you know, and we talk about the next dimension. And I mentioned this earlier. We talk about now I'm getting to my next place in God. I'm going to a new level. You know, and, and, but here's what church folks say. I'm going to a new level, but, you know, with a new level, new devils. That, that, that is the most dysfunctional confession. The only reason it is new devils up there is because you invited them. And they're not new. They're the same ones that were with you at the last level. You just invited them up to this new level. They just changed clothes. Now, say, how do I access no limits? Because we sing it. No limits. No boundaries. Breakthrough. We say all that. But I'm going to show you how to get that. It's right here through your mouth. Y'all with me? All right. John 3, 34. For he whom God, what? Has sent, speaks the word of God. Watch this. For God, what? Does not give the spirit by measure. I need you to see this. He said, he who speaks the words of God. For who God has sent speaks the words of God. Watch this. He says, God won't give that person the spirit with measure. Let me tell you what that means. God says, if you want no limits in me and no boundaries in me and the next level, whatever it is that means, and the next dimension, whatever it is that means, and the new place in God, whatever it is that means, because we talk a lot about new things. We talk about new things because we just get tired of old things. I want you to see this. You got it? Watch this. He says, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was what? Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We're perishing. Now, you know, that's just like church folk to overdramatize what's going on. Now, not us, but I'm talking about other church <laughs> To overdramatize stuff. You ever met somebody that just got drama for days? You know, the toilet overflowed a little bit. And they oh, man, the forest flooded. You got to replace your linoleum and all the man. And you, you got water damage. You need to call Rotor Root. You know, you go in there and. A lot of y'all are wild, wild west people. You shoot first and ask questions later. <laughs> That's your neighbor. Ask him, say, is that you? They're totally overdramatizing what's going on. Watch this, verse 26. He said to them, why are you fearful, you of little faith? Watch this. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. Now, the word rebuke means he chastised the wind. Again, like the fig tree, he spoke to an inanimate object. And the Bible says, He rebuked it. He chastised it. Watch this. He corrected it. (laughs) When storms come in your life, God lets the storm come to see what you're going to say about it. And if your response to the storm is, well, you know, 
The Lord giveth. Job said that, not God. Jesus rebuked the wind. Now, that's interesting. Did he, did he, did he you know, put out his hands and electricity flow from his hands and flow into the heavens and cause the wind to stop? No. He spoke to it. He spoke to the wind and said, stop. I was asleep. And you woke me up. Peace. Be still. I'd like to finish my nap. I got a crusade I'm getting ready to go to. I got to preach over here. I got San Antonio. I got all this stuff going on. You need to hush all that. Say my words. Rebuke storms. It can rebuke wind. <laughs> it has the power to change inanimate things. Are y'all still here? Are y'all with me? Now watch this. Go to, uh, well, just write it down. Write this down. Mark eleven twenty three. Write this down. Now this is where Jesus says, but I say to you, speak to the mountain. Command the mountain, be cast into the sea, and it will obey you. Got it? Now, what do we do to mountains? No, I mean, what, 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 before today, what did we do to them? Because, you know, we had to go up the rough side of the mountain. And the crazy thing about church folks, they shouting about it. I'm going you singing about something that ain't scriptural. You are in disobedience and you singing about it shouting. Thank you. You, you walking on something you're supposed to be speaking to. We don't climb mountains. We speak to them. What is mountains? What does a mountain represent? A mountain represents an impossible situation. We, we don't climb it. We speak to it. Are you understanding this? Are you really understanding this? So, so let me give you a practical example. So tomorrow, if you see a mountain, you, you, you don't run from it. You don't try to get up on it and climb it. I'm going to show God how strong. You know, I used to think faith was about showing how strong I was. I got the faith. I got faith. Like he constipated or something. That's not faith. That's not faith at all. Faith is looking at a mountain and being like Paul and saying, really? I've been shipwrecked. I've been beat up. I've been killed and resurrected back to life. I didn't have folk do me wrong. I didn't have the same folk that I helped turn around and stab me in the back. I didn't been up, down, almost to the ground. I done been buked, scorned, talked about, show as you're born. I done been through everything Vicky said. And if you think that you are going to mess with me, you'd have no clue who you're talking to. Because I'm not just a survivor. I graduated. I'm a thriver. I didn't just survive stuff and I'm sitting on something. I dare you to shout, I'm a thriver. I'm I'm, I'm not just existing, man. I'm making a decision to live. Why? Because my words determine my future. Are you still here? Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. Uh, say my words are seeds. Now, now watch this. You're currently living in a harvest of whatever you've spoken. All right? Now we're going to fix it. And I'm going to tell you, if you follow exactly what I say, 2 Chronicles 20, 20, believe the prophet and you shall what? Prosper. Just believe what I'm saying. And it'll work for you. Again, this. Because watch this. I think there's at least five people in here tonight that have radical enough faith to believe that what they confess tonight, they could see it manifest by next Monday. I said, I think there's at least five of y'all in here that got enough faith to say, I believe that what I confess tonight, I can see it manifest by next Monday. I'm like David. 
this day. Somebody shout this day. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Now say my seed is powerful. No, no, no. Now watch this. Y'all sit down real quick. See, y'all trying to make me finish. <laughs> and I'm through. Watch this. Your words are what? Seed. 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 Do you realize that more than just your money is a seed? Amen. Can I tell you what else is a seed? The way you treat people. That, that's a seed too. So, so sometimes we, people talk about, you know, I don't know why everybody talking about me. Because it wasn't but six months ago you was talking about everybody. So you're just reaping the heart. Yeah, okay. Now, now watch this. I'm going to show you something. Watch this. Say, my seed, my seed. is working 24-7. Can I tell you something about your seed? Your seed never sleeps nor slumbers. While you're sleeping, your confession is still working. <laughs> While you're asleep, your confession is still working. After Jesus calmed that, he went back to sleep. And then he, he didn't stay up all night wondering whether or not what he said was going to change. Because he understood when I confessed it and when I said it, it was done. You, you know, problem, we want to feel it done, though. We, we want to feel it. I just want to feel. When people go to church, I didn't feel nothing. Good. This isn't about having a feeling. If you felt something, that means we had a seance, not worship. Now, but let me, oh God, this is Denver. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. What I mean by that is this. God doesn't deal in the realm of your emotions. Now, because of what happens in the spirit, it may carry over to your emotions. But if all you have is emotional experiences, then it has not yet changed your spirit. Because I know a lot of folk that snot the altar and get up and don't have no change. Which tells me that that emotional experience that they had was insufficient. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Shout my seed. Shout it. I said my seed is working for me 24 hours a day. I'm here to tell you your seed works for you more than you can work for yourself. Are you hearing me? I'm here to tell you while you at work, your seed that you spoke about what's going on at your house is working. And I'm here to tell you why you at home, the seed you spoke about your job is working. Say, my seed, my seed. Never, sleeps, never sleeps, nor slumbers. Now, now watch this. Watch, watch this. Genesis 8.22, you can write it down. Genesis 8.22. It says, as long as the earth remains, there shall be what? Hot and cold, winter and all this and all that. But, but watch this. Say seed time and harvest time. No, no, no. no watch this. Uh, your seed should be working hard for you. Seed will let you use your mind, not your behind. I'm trying to get y'all to say it. So I didn't have to say it. Bishop, what do you mean? Your words work hard for you. Are you here? I said, are you here? Now, watch this. Let me just cut to the meat of this thing, and I'm not going to be able to finish it today. We'll finish it uh, on next time. Job. Everybody loves Job because, we, you know, Job got double for his trouble. Hallelujah. He shout about it. He got double. And if I was a shout out, you getting double. Everybody, y'all would tear this church up. Be hanging off the ceiling fans and knocking the cameras over. Job got double, but I submit to you it didn't take all of that. Bishop, what do you mean? I've, I've preached both angles of it before. Here's the angle I want you to get tonight. Job said these words, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me. Which tells me that intrinsically, Job was worried about losing everything. Which also suggests to me, since out of the abundance of the, 
which is the, the mouth that Job probably also confessed that. Are you still here? So maybe it didn't take Job having to lose everything to get double. Maybe all Job had to do was fix his confession. And in Job 6, 23, write it down. Job 6, 23, 24, and I'm through. Job says this. He says this, y'all. He says, Lord, teach me how to control my tongue. You, you know the most important lesson as kings and priests we can learn? Is how to control our tongue. Are you hearing me? Why? Because Job understood the trouble I'm in, I didn't have to enter into. Not this way. He feared it, so he confessed it, so he saw it. Are you here? Now, now watch this. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, so that we can get the spirit right and, and get stuff right in your life. What I want you to do is I want you to pull out a piece of paper. Pull out a piece of paper as he plays. Why don't you get a piece of paper? Now, this is what you do. If you don't have some, give your neighbor some. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many people believe the rest of this year is going to be the best year of your life? You believe that? It is. It is. Best year in your relationships. Best year in your finances. Best year in your family. You're not hearing me. It's going to be the best year. And this year is going to set the bar for what every year has to at least meet. Watch this. It's not going to happen just because it's going to happen when we start by changing our confession. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I want you to write down whatever confessions you know you've been making that's been totally off. I want you to write those things down. Whatever confessions you know you've been making that's been totally off. Even in your anger, that's when you really need to figure out what you're saying. Because I'm telling you, when we get angry, there's stuff that we let come out and stuff we confess and stuff that we say. And you know what we'll say later on? Well, I didn't mean that. Here's the problem. The spirit doesn't know that. It just heard what you said. Maybe you've been confessing that nothing ever works for you or whatever it is. And we're going to fix that tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those of you watching online right now, I want you to do the same thing right where you're at. Grab a piece of paper, and I want you to begin to write down all of the confessions. The bishop, why do I have to write it down? Because you need to see it so you stop saying it. Sometimes you don't realize what you're saying until you sit back and think about what it is you're saying. Maybe you've been saying, my family is just, all of us is messed up. That's a jacked up confession. Maybe you've been saying, well, my family, none of them are saved. The scripture says, call things that be not as though they were. Here's what that means. That means that say what he says, even if it's not a fact. Bishop, what do you mean? There's a difference between truth and facts. Truth is what God says. The fact is what reality is. And you got to make a decision to either live by his truth or by your facts. And I'll deal with all that next time. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all just about through? Here's what I want to do. This week, I want you to enter into this week with a full measure of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? With a full measure. And I decree and declare unto you this day that when you enter this week, that you're going to walk in such a place of peace like you've never walked before. I decree and I declare unto you that you're going to walk with such an overflow of the Spirit that stuff you were afraid to do, and I don't know who this is for, there's been stuff you've been afraid to do because you always sat back and thought to yourself, well, how is this going to work out? How is this going to work out? How is it going? God says, this week, because of what's getting ready to transpire in this place in just a moment, you're going to have the intestinal spiritual fortitude and the audacity to do what it is he's been commanding you to do. And I don't know who this is for tonight, but there's something you were supposed to have done and you keep talking yourself out of doing it. Not this week. I said not this week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want you to stand. I want everybody to stand tonight. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.